0: In this episode, Carl reveals his football team. Andrew talks about what's really annoying
1: to him today. (laughs) Today. (laughs) Just for a change. (laughs) We're talking about the TV series Flack. We're talking about the movie Hotel Mumbai. And we're talking about what? Is that it? Cherry Bar. Cherry Bar. Cherry Bar. Goodbye, Cherry Bar. Welcome
0: to The Clappers, this is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. I don't know if this annoys you, something really annoys me, and it annoys me all the time. I'm just going to get it off my chest, okay? Because it's, sometimes it's hard for me to leave the house without it being You know annoying.
1: what? I, I, I think of mm. The Clappers yeah. as an opportunity for you to basically expunge <laughs> things from your
0: chest. Yes. Ventilate. Yes.
1: So, I know your street.
0: Oh, yeah. And I suspect that it's this is pretty similar in your street as well, okay? Mm. Your streets a little more salubrious, a little more, not much more, but a little more salubrious than my street, mm. okay? On my street... I've not been to your street, so I okay. can't you actually m- You comment. may have, but uh, not known it was mine. Maybe. <laughs> on my street, there are many homes, some strata units, but mainly homes on mm. big blocks of land with big driveways and big garages. Right. And everybody... Parks on the bloody road. Oh, that's so, so annoying! So when their bloody tradesmen come, because every second house is being renovated or landscaped or rebuilt or torn down, it's you can't park murder. No, well, I don't need to park because I use my goddamn garage. Mate. Right, right. That's what God gave us a garage for to put our car in. Mm. Uh, I I can not get out my driveway sometimes <laughs> because of all the all the and and like you've got a what what are you doing? You've got the massive house. You've got a big garage. You've got a driveway that could fit three of those. SUVs that you insist on driving, what what's going on? So I can't be the only person I know. I, 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 I subscribe I, I to the suspect, minority opinion. I suspect they've
1: converted their garages mm. into sleeping quarters for the domestic servants. Now I would I would totally you'd endorse that endorse that. Mm. But I've seen no
0: people of the domestic <laughs> class in my street. In fact, I've seen You're one or two. Excluded. I've seen one or two domestic. Class uh, servant style people—they turned out to be driving the biggest cars and not not domestic staff at all. They might own a domestic staff company. There's good see. money in
1: domestic staff. There is company.
0: Everyone on my street, when they're not having renovations and their house being torn down, there's all kinds of people coming in and out with buckets and mops and squeegees, and and it's amazing. It's like living in California w- without the uh, excellent weather and the really cheap booze. <laughs>
1: Uh, Goodbye. Hotel Mumbai. Yeah. A movie that has just been released, Australian film about the terrorist attack uh, in Mumbai in uh, 2008, I think it was. Um, Very, very powerful piece of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. This from a a guy called Anthony Morass and written by a guy called John Colley. It's a – well, co-written by the two of them, actually. It's uh, an ensemble piece. It's basically – it's – It's based on the true events, a little bit of license in terms Mm. of characters and situations and dialogue and so on. But there's also a lot of it that is absolutely ripped from the, the court transcripts and so on. Uh, there were a number of terrorists. Only one of them was taken alive. Uh, his interrogations sort of provide a lot of information that's used in the story. Uh, police were intercepting calls uh, between terrorists and their handler and so on. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that actually enters uh, the film as dialogue. It's very, very real. Uh, feels very real, I should mm. say. Um, and it's very, very tense. It's an in- incredibly well-made piece of... I suppose you call it suspense filmmaking. It kind of, you know, it's got the the kind of diehard kind of uh-huh. energy and drive, but it, but it's a true story. Yeah, um, I've
0: seen a documentary on it. Yeah, as, as is often the case with
1: these, these made features. by Andrew Ogilvie, and that was in fact a very very important piece of work in terms of developing this story. Mm. So yeah, what, what's the doco like? I've not. Well, seen I was, it.
0: Well, it was good, and one of the things that that people will uh, will find surprising, shocking is how people who were holed up in the rooms, various people were, 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 um, say, trapped because they were in danger of being shot, were were watching the events happening on television, just like uh, Black September Munich Olympics. And they were calling on their mobiles to say where they were to various media outlets and giving interviews, which was then giving their position away yeah. to, the, For, to the handlers to, to the, who, yeah yeah and just um oh well just just horrible uh, to think we've made it we're safe and i'm now giving an interview yeah. on cbs to tell them how safe i am up in room 482 you know or i'm on the fourth floor I'm yeah. wa- i'll wave at you out the wi- you know that kind of it seems witless uh, to contribute that way uh I, would, I mean, you know, so many things run through your mind, but it's one of the things that I found quite quite disturbing. And I think there was also, a, a, I heard a, an interview on Philip Adams uh, about, this is a year or so ago now, about this, about the whole, the recruiting of the young yeah. the young kids and the
1: handlers and the way they were communicating and things yeah. like that. Well, th- I mean, this film has been in the pipeline for a very long time, a long, long development period. Uh, this release date has been planned for a long time, but it's... it's uh, Oddly, I suppose, um, timely in a really horrible way, given what's just happened in Christchurch. You know, here's a he's a story that's about a, a terror attack driven by extremism, and the role of the media in 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 how that plays out. Um, it's you know, it's 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 a. I don't want to dwell too much on on that that aspect. I mean, I think the the Christchurch Christchurch situation is just you know. Unspeakably horrible what's happened there. I do want to just tip my hat briefly to Jacinda uh, Ardern, who just seems to have been so remarkably grace, graceful and gracious in her response and the way she handles yep. uh, herself and the situation and expresses a kind of. You can't of help sentiment. but contrast it with our own political leaders. Indeed. A response indeed. like
0: that. And you know, you, you can't imagine them having that same sense of grace purpose and, and stern commitment to uh, justice and to a future where where this can be thing, yeah. events like this can be stopped through various forms of gun legislation and I, you can't imagine that the current leaders being able to, to even bring a, a, a scintilla of the of the grace Indeed. And,
1: um Power that she brought to that. Yeah. You no, know, I don't want. I don't want to no. sort of like dwell too much. I on don't because I don't. I parallel. Don't. Yes. Yeah, except th- like except that there is in inevitably. Terms, I mean, yeah. I, and the thing is, if you release this film, in the world we live in right now, there's going to be a parallel sooner or later. You mm-hmm. know, whether oh. it's whether it's you know a week or a month yeah, or six months is. away, yeah. because it's just become part of the reality that we live in these mm-hmm. days. Um, I think that. I, it's a really really well-made film. It's got a great cast. Dev yeah. Patel, Army Hammer, um Tilda Cobb and Harvey. There's there's a lot of a lot of great actors in this. Some Indian actors, some um, you know Australian American mm-hmm. Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm. It's got a really really powerful cast. Yeah. And Beautifully directed, really brilliant. The tension really doesn't let up. I mean, it, it's y- you're pretty much thrown into it from the from the very beginning. You're, mm. you're into you're into oh my god, what's happening here? Tense mode from the beginning. You don't know who's going to make it and who isn't going to make it um, because the If are, you
0: if you don't have if any you, prior knowledge,
1: if you knew, n- well, yeah, um, but even if you did have prior knowledge, because some of these characters are composites. Oh, of they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're not they're, they're not exact, no. uh, you know. Uh, Simulacra, I guess, or yeah, yeah, representations yeah. of the real people, um, so you've, you've got uh, characters in the in the film narrative who didn't n- exist didn't exist, but uh, kind of have elements of characters who did exist. if you've had forensic grasp of the detail of who made it and who didn't make it, maybe you'd be able to predict mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person who goes, uh, narrative logic tells me that person will make it, that person won't. Mm-hmm. I reckon you'd struggle. Oh, good, because yeah. it's it's uh, without sounding hope, hopefully without
0: sounding flippant. If you're watching a film, which is a a, a series of connected events and a plot and a, and then a, a story about something happening to this person and this person and then it's the end. If you can work out everything that's going to happen, it diminishes your yeah. enjoyment of the film. And m- m- in my case, it makes me wonder: well, well, am
1: I here for the clothes? You know, mm.
0: sometimes I am here for the mm. clothes, but.
1: I think in this, you, you're there for uh, a sense of the sort of the common decency that transcends class and race and mm-hmm. barrier and all. The kind there, there is a kind of inspirational element yep. to the story. It's I a think. moving story. It is. It is. it It, it, it is a very uh, there's a good heart mm-hmm. at at the middle of this film, which is basically, I think to say say, you know 2 hours of, of action and tension why would you make this film and that's the that's why where i'm going because i think yeah. that it is it I knew is you were going a there. This is like bit, one of those films I it is know. a little bit difficult this is where you were going. it is a little bit difficult to say without reservation go and see this film because of what it delivers i mean i think that it does everything it does really really well great performances really sustained tension terrific camera work all the rest of it yeah if it were just Say an entirely fictional film, yeah. I'd probably say great, yeah. Well, you it's, know, if like like that's your bag, like the die-hard that's, that's right. You know, yeah. Race against the clock, exactly right. Yeah. The fact that it's anchored in in true events and yeah. more than passing anchored. I Where mean, there I think is, it is very, there are, very there are books anchored.
0: and a documentary. There's information if you're interested in this event. Yeah. You need to find out about who the real people were, who who may or may not have lived or died, or were, may or may not have been
1: heroic or cowardly or whatever. That's there for you. I I have no concerns about the fact that I saw it. Uh, I have no concerns about anybody else seeing it. But Mm -hmm. I but I kind of think: Do you come out and go? My God, I must tell my mother and father to go and see that film, or my neighbour, or whatever. It's it's tricky, you know. It's kind of like why 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 should you go? Why tell this story? Why watch this story in this form? And I'm I'm not saying that I think. You shouldn't. If Mm. it if it interests you, and if it if it's the sort of thing that you think, yes, that's a story I want to know more about. I want to see how it played out. You're going to get a relatively accurate rendition of that, without it being you know precise, without it being forensically accurate. You're going to get you're absolutely going to get a sense of what it felt like. I think to be in that situation, you're going to get a a very strong sense of of the. the selflessness of many of the staff of the hotel um, yep. who basically, even even when some of them managed to get out of the building, went back in to try and rescue and protect uh, the guests who were still inside, um, you, you get a slight sense of the motivation or at least the mindset of the terrorists, mm. um, which I think is important. I, mm. I don't think it's fair to cast them purely. You know, these days, they're that when
0: a film is made like this, it's, it's just not enough to have them with funny accents. That's and, right. And big yeah. moustaches. Yeah. Now,
1: what you're reminding me of when,
0: when we talk about why should we see this film mm. when there's uh, factual uh, accounts and, and documentaries, it reminds me of Hotel Rwanda. Right. Uh, which is about uh, Paul Rusabagin, a hotel manager, who in the Hutu and Tutsi genocide in Rwanda... Rescued people, saved them, allowed them to stay in his hotel, and somehow managed each time to keep the the uh, the wolves at bay. The so machete to speak. wielding, yeah, by ports. by off- offering money or by talking to them, and 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 this 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 is again something I don't need to tell anybody about this because there's many interesting and different accounts of what happened there's Phil Gorovich's book um, we wish to inform you that tomorrow we'll be killed with our families. title I think there's Romeo Dallier the, the uh, general the UN general who was there there's lots of information about this and so you can ask about why see Hotel Rwanda mm. there were no fictional characters I think everything was yeah. was real and true and all the people were but as a sometimes dramatising something can create a sense of of a personal connection to when you're looking at um, grainy footage, when you're looking at documentary footage, when you just start seeing the same kind of awful scenes Mm. over and over again, it can be dehumanising and so when you make a a drama of something it can give you a a sense of a a connection to humanity that, that some people look for in art and some people look for in entertainment and that the wealth of material on Rwanda is there and, and you can read it and um, the same with the same with uh, this Ho Mumbai situation, yeah. but it gives you a sense of of humanity that that may not be you may not be able to get from news broadcasts and documentaries.
1: Well, I think the thing that it does deliver that that the uh, the straight you know mm. reportage stuff doesn't is that emotional response, mm. that kind of visceral sense of what would it have been like to be in that situation. And that inevitably leads the viewer, I think, to to go, "What would I do in that yeah. situation?" And that, that's a pretty powerful thing. It is a pretty powerful thing. But you know, fundamentally, it's like it's really it's it's a you know it's a tense, unnerving, and difficult kind of story and and experience to and have in the cinema. filmmakers do a good job. They do. Yeah. They do that job very, very well. So you I don't was, need
0: to tell anybody anything. No. You've told them yeah. everything they need to yeah. make up their own minds.
1: You have a family. Yes, and I hope to stay alive and see them. No one's coming from us. We go down the back stairs and straight out the service exit. If they us, we'll all die. We take our chances. Let's
0: get We all are, but to get through this, we must stick together. Cherry Bar, Carl is a notorious uh, joint in the city of Melbourne, just off Flinders Lane, in what? is now known as ACDC Lane, but I think it was Corporation Lane before that. And it has for, what is it, 2009, 20 years, maybe a bit less, a bit more, run as a place to go and listen to DJs and see bands. It's got a licence till 5am. Uh, bands, from whenever they tour and they finish their gig at Rod Laver or, or the Forum or wherever, will often find themselves there out in the back room listening to awful music on the jukebox awful joy. music on yeah music it's boss. just awful just <laughs> awful That's not it's not why it's part of its charm no it's part of its charm I suppose there is a worship <laughs> of rock there that is beyond lost on you distasteful to me <laughs> however I have played there in bands, and I've also DJed there, Uh, their Thursday night, soul night, bought everybody houses and boats and villas and um, investment properties for uh, for for well over a decade. No, I mean the owners, well over a decade. They've been through a few different owners, and now it's closing because the lease has been, uh, I believe, uh, ended by new owners of the building who want to develop into something else. It's a common story in sought-after real estate.
1: So... Cherry, Cherry. I mean, for better or worse, mm-hmm. Cherry is like a legendary place. It in, is in the Melbourne music scene and internationally, and, the bar scene, and, and yeah, yeah, internationally right, yeah. too. Um, yes, is that it? Is it over? Well, it's over in the sense that it won't
0: exist anymore. It'll be a new place Yeah. in a new place. It may so still call itself Cherry. So there is plan to yeah, relocate. There is, there is. The, the, right. one of the rehouse. One of the more more. Publicity-oriented owners uh, post a lot on James social media. Hound dog James Young, Young yeah, yes. has said, "This is no me. relation." No, I presume. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why would you say that? Because <laughs> you look a bit like a hound dog. Uh,
0: I, 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 I don't mean that in any way, any disrespect <laughs> to James Young. <laughs> um, I'm sure he he would feel the same. Uh, the uh, he he has said uh, ever since this information came public in i think december that he's on the look for new he's been contacted and he's looking at different places and there is rumor of one place not far up the road that will be the home of the new cherry Uh, i'm told they're leaving everything behind if you know about the place if you know the decor if you know how it looks that they're just leaving that and they and i think there's, a, there's something I can get that. There's something good in that. They're going to build a new place and presumably have a lot of the same things. Uh, the the thing that has probably been the main connective tissue of that venue over this time is that it's had this the longest running night on, on every Thursday night since, apart from when they had a fire uh, and it had to close down because of all the sprinkler damage. They didn't have a fire, but a premises above them was there was a bit of arson. Disgruntled employee uh, restaurant. Um, office and that got burned and so on. Uh, apart from that it's just been going every Thursday for, for you know, maybe 18 years or something like that and, and that's been in the past a hugely popular night. You'd have two maybe three lots of people coming through till, till five the next morning starting at night. That's presumably going to continue as well at the new venue from everything that I've heard and been told which which is great for, for lovers of, of that kind of night and they've monkeyed around with that night a lot in the last couple of years and I think subsequently lost a lot of punters because of it the way they've uh, done d- different ideas about uh, DJs and, and, and odd uh, bands that, that are in no way connected to the style of music that has made that Thursday night so successful mm. which is 60s soul and rhythm and blues and a lot of bands formed as a result of coming in and seeing those, being part of those nights and being inspired by a whole lot of stuff. Some some that most people would know, but 90% completely unknown to the punters who would go in and it's always great to have a night where people will dance and have a good time to music that they've never heard of Mm. or never heard before, you know. So it's,
1: I don't feel particularly... Sad or, or anything? I'm not sure if anybody anybody does. Well, it holds a special place in, in my heart. That's yeah. uh, my my first first ever date with my wife ended up at Cherry Bar.
0: You talk about this first date. How many places did you go to on this first?
1: Three, date? three, okay, three. All right, we started well, at Troika. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Another another laneway bar. And yeah,
0: city. I, I, I've been to Troika. I like w- to go there. We went, then I then we saw went to, you there? <laughs>
1: then we went to a Greek seafood restaurant called Frank's in Nidri. Are you kidding? <laughs> Go on, Tom. How, how, you no, were no, conceived no, 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 no. in the storeroom. No, no, no. no. How, how, how in far Nidri.
0: away is Nidri? A long way away. It's you went from Troika long to yeah. Nidri yeah.
1: to Cherry. Yeah. There may have been somewhere in between as well. There may have been a fourth mm. stop that I can't remember now. But Wobby's World. Wobby's, Wobby's <laughs> World. <laughs> <laughs> to Gumbaya Park.
0: So I'm glad you have – I have I've many fond memories of, of Cherry, as does anybody who's been going there as – you know, since since the whole whole thing began, and of course it has to be said that the the new pair of owners made a real commitment to having live music there every single night. Right. there were the earlier nights of the week. I don't think had anything really going on, just a, a place to drink, which is good enough in itself. But that strong commitment to live music is something that a lot of venue owners have in Melbourne and has made Melbourne uh, a, a capital of music in the entire world. And and it's good that. The intention is to continue and to, to keep having live music as well as, I I hope, I think, uh, the Thursday night soul in the basement night as well. So anyway, when you listen to this, you will have one more night, one more Thursday night of Cherry. They're doing a bit of a extravaganza on the finals Saturdays at the 28th. No, whatever this, what's the last Saturday in March? I'm going to get out my, my calendar here and tell you it's the 30th. No, no, it's the 29th, anyway, one of those days. last Saturday, it's a big deal. They're going to close off the street and as you would expect. So you do you will have a chance to get down there and have a slice if you want. Otherwise just wait for the new one. I'm sure there'll be plenty of publicity about it. You won't. If you uh, live in Melbourne, you won't have to struggle to find out where or when the new cherry is going to open.
1: a show that's popped up on Foxtel that I think is pretty interesting. Um, See him <laughs> I'm sure your parents, if somebody's got a subscription, you can pop around and visit. <laughs> My um, parents are in Sydney, so oh, it's well, not that yeah. convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's called Flack. It stars Anna Paquin, who uh, is probably best known for uh, her Oscar-winning role Black in the Piano. The Piano. Huh. Uh, she's a New Zealand actress originally. Is she? Yes. She lives in Canada now. Um, of course. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? I mean, really. I mean, If you're going to leave New Zealand... It should be it, for Canada. It should be for Canada. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. No, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. Though <laughs> <laughs> why you would leave New Zealand is beyond me. Um, except for maybe the work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Anna Paquin yep. won an Oscar, age 11. Mm-hmm. I think she's the second youngest person ever to win an Oscar. She won as Best Shirley Supporting Temple, Actress for...
0: Shirley Temple? Is she? Would she? Is she? She was young. Was she? She was very young. I oh, know she was young. Yeah, four or something. She was always young, wasn't she? Yeah, until she got Did older. Did she win an Oscar yeah. at four? I reckon she may have. Yeah,
1: okay. Anyway, Anna Paquin mm. <laughs> was 11, so she was ancient, practically ancient. Or
0: Macaulay Culkin
1: one, She's one now... The, I don't <laughs> think Macaulay Culkin, Culkin has won an Oscar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he did win the big prize, though, didn't he? He
1: may have guessed the correct number of jelly beans in the jar in Neverland. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Anna Paquin is now 36, believe it or not. Um, and she's one of the producers of the series, Flack. Practically Flat. my age. It's a six-part series. Build hmm. on IMDb as a comedy. Build on uh, okay. FoxTEL as a drama, and it sort of sits somewhere dramedy. in between It's a dramedy. It's it is funny. Is it? in Good. places? It has that mm-hmm. kind of what it's about. Is basically she's an operative at a at a London PR firm. It's got offices uh, office in New York as well as London. Yeah. high end clients. Her stock and trade. The thing she specialises in is crisis management. Yeah, of course. so basically the celebrity clients. Drugs drugs you know infidelity yeah. you know get caught exposing themselves in the park whatever it might mm-hmm. be uh, she swoops in and tries to either keep it from hitting the tabloids mm-hmm. or more often spin it so that when it does hit the tabloids as it inevitably will mm-hmm. it becomes a story that they're in control of what
0: do you know about us okay um real sports pr you've got offices in london and la and new york you specialising crisis management. We don't use
1: the word crisis. I think something bad might have happened. Does so she pour oil on troubled waters, as Bertram Wilberforce <clears throat> Worcester might say? She does her best, yes. It doesn't
0: always work out, of course. So Is that, is that where the fun is, that, that it's sometimes just, you know... Uh,
1: I, I would actually be inclined to say that it's less fun mm. than it uh, perhaps is sold uh-huh. or or perhaps imagines itself to be. Uh-huh. It's it's really quite dark. It's very okay. much about the corrupting nature of the business. If you spend your life basically lying for yeah, a living, yeah, where do you find any kind of truth? Yeah. You know, and that's that's what that's what yeah. it's essentially about. Yeah. And over the the arc of six episodes, it becomes increasingly about that. Okay, and uh, there is one episode in particular that is just, I think, quite brilliant, which mm-hmm. is entirely set on a plane, where a client uh, suddenly. She's flying from London to New York with a client. This client suddenly realises that he's in a spot of bother. She tries desperately to sort it out mm-hmm. on the, in the duration of the flight. So everything is within the, yeah, the yeah, plane so cabin. Yeah, that sounds
0: great. You're, you're making me think of that
1: uh, That person. I can't
0: remember what their job was, who, who made uh, a couple of tweets that were then shared to millions and millions and millions of people. Uh, and she was on a flight. And when she landed, her uh, whole world it was had a ended. whole crap storm. The whole world ended for her, and that she John Ronson talks to her and say you've been publicly right. shamed, and it just yeah. reminded me of that about yeah, being yeah. on a plane, and you know the world is revolving while you're on that plane. Yeah. It's something that you started before you got on, sort of. and what happens when you get off? Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, that's that's a very delicious little closed room mystery it type thing, isn't it It is, and it's you know I think it's it's not a, it's not perfect by any means. It's mm-hmm. it's sort of. Uh, you know, it's a bit clunky. It's a bit cliched at times. I think in the comic elements, particularly, it's mm-hmm. more cliched. Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, football like the the gay footballer who has oh, a celebrity wedding okay. to a to a soapy star, that kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah, to cover. And, you know, the, you, c- you could have come up with a few interesting kind of scandals. Perhaps is what you're the saying. The celebrity chef who gets caught with his pants down. You know, but he's got a wife and three kids yeah. who are important to his image. You know. Ten years ago, that may have been juicy stuff. The thing is, is, you know, they are cliches for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, they happen, right? They do happen. So they're not – I don't sort of think it's fatal that – that it's got these kind okay. of scenarios. Okay. That you kind if it's of well like, written and it's well acted and it's well directed for the most part, yes, and it, well it, costumed, it chugs along. But I was more compelled by the yeah. dramatic arc than I was uh-huh. by the comic moments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, except for uh, in on the t- the comic front, the boss of the the firm is played by um, Sophie Okone- Okonedo. Yeah, I love and her. She is just devastated. She's the London brutal. boss, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and she just she's just like. Put down, put down, put yeah. down. Oh, no, I love And her. it's, it's like, is she in everyone,
0: or just, just? Uh, right yeah, I mean, she's
1: not a major character. She's yeah. a sort of supporting character, and she pops up, and every time she pops up, you go, "Oh, what's she going to do now?" Mm. You know. Mm. So it's, she's kind of like Ari Gold from Entourage, yeah. crossed with Patsy from Ab Fab. I was
0: thinking about, I was thinking about this in terms of Entourage. Yeah, you
1: know. it, it has shades of that, but yeah. it's, but it's definitely more serious. And yeah, look, I, I would say it's not. It's not faultless by any stretch, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. And well, I think it's a really nice showcase for Anna Paquin, who if is you've gone and a got very good performer.
0: Sure, if you've gone to the travel to get yourself a Foxtel
1: subscription... You might as well watch it. You might as is well milk you the value well out of it. it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you were to apply my world-famous cost-per-wear index to yes, Foxtel, yes, 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 you'd yes. have to watch about 65 hours per Which week. Which is what you do, right?
0: <laughs> it's probably per day you're, you're on Foxtel 65 hours. <laughs> Well, footy's starting at the end of the week, so that's a reason to watch Foxtel, isn't it? There because you go. sometimes your games will not be shown on free to air, sometimes they will be interstate, so you won't be able to go yourself, or maybe you're working and you can't get out from and see your team. So all of the above. That's why why people I mean that's what that's what Murdoch did with the uh, prem, is it called the Premier League in, in the UK? Was, no more. No, but it with Sky, they, yeah. they, they were they were already expensive to go to for the working man and they were able to go to the pub or watch at home and then Sky got that contract and, and all these people are having to get dishes installed so at least we can watch some AFL on free to wear. just about Yes. I mean what this has to do with Anna Paquin
1: I hear she's a fan she's a fan go Blues thanks for listening
0: to the clappers Carl pretends to go for the blues. He couldn't possibly go for the
1: blues. Which which one are they?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) but, but But you're a nice husband, Carl. You're a nice husband for supporting your wife's team. That's really nice of you. If you like us, like us. You know, if you don't like us, tell your friends that you don't like us and they'll be intrigued why you don't like us and they'll listen and then they will like us and then you'll feel a little bit embarrassed at dinner parties when they're talking about this brilliant podcast that they have they've, they've, they've dropped chat 10 looks 3 for us and they love us, we're even less haphazard than crab and Sales, and they'll tell everyone about it and you'll be sitting there going "Oh, no, they're, no, they're not that funny you'll be embarrassed, but yeah tell your friends you don't like us and see what happens